Hello, today's episode is number 154. It's time to travel at the speed of Paul from eternity past in the heavenly realm to unpack our spiritual blessings available to those in Christ and learn to use those blessings to walk in Christ on this earth, stand in battle, run to the finish line of eternity future, and become more like the lover of our souls. Well, hello and welcome back to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here where you can find practical help for the heart and home as we ponder life from a biblical perspective, as well as a weekly digital dose of discipling to help equip us to be better effective in the opportunities that God places before us to further His kingdom. This episode is brought to you by A Quilter's Life. Not only is Moni a wonderful Bible teacher, but she has also made beautiful quilts. Back in July of 2020, I had the opportunity to interview Moni on my podcast, A Quilter's Life, where I get to interview the amazing people behind the beautiful quilts. If you would like to hear more about Moni's life, you can listen to her episode on A Quilter's Life, either on my website, aquilterslife.com, there's no spaces or apostrophe in the web address, or on your favorite podcast player. Also, if you're a quilter or know someone that is, please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, at aquilterslife.com. I'd love to hear your story. I'm so glad you're back here and so happy to see so many of you listening in from all over the world. I am so excited about this part of scripture. I love the way that Paul talks and he writes. He does both with passion, such passion that after he greets the Ephesians, his first sentence goes on forever. Paul had a lot to tell the Ephesians and in turn to tell us so many generations in the future. The Apostle Paul used the physical realities around the Ephesians to reveal spiritual truths, much in the same way Jesus spoke in parables. I shared all that last week. Using these physical examples to enlighten the eyes of understanding within the Ephesians, Paul used terms such as adoption, inheritance, armor, citizenship to describe and explain spiritual truths to the Ephesians and use the metaphors to describe the next few chapters. The first three chapters is going to be filled with theology, and then the rest of the book will be the practical application. Chapters 1 to 3 are filled with theological gold bricks that could fill Fort Knox. We'll break down these terms and define them to get a working vocabulary and a mental big picture of predestination, salvation, adoption, dispensation, inheritance, grace, sin, mystery, and more. It might help us to take a look at what led to the planting of the church of Ephesus in the book of Acts in chapter 19, verses 21 to 41. You can read it yourself if you like. But basically, Paul kind of stirred a really big uproar when he entered into Ephesus and spoke against those that created idols of 
the goddess Diana. He basically hit them in their pocketbook. When word got out, the people began to cry out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians! And then when the people found out that Paul was a Jew and did this, they cried out to, Great is Diana of the Ephesians! for two hours. They stood there and worshipped her for two hours with all of their strength and all their voice. Oh, that we would worship God in such a way. You see, this idol represented big business for homosexuality and all of the other sexual sins that were going on in that town, the worship of Diana. This temple was considered the seventh wonder of the world at the time. It was 425 feet long, 225 feet wide, 60 feet high, and had 120 columns that were 60 feet high. There was a lot of money tied up in that temple. And because Paul was teaching the believers about Jesus and his ways, they were turning away from worshiping this goddess of Diana. A bit more of the cultural background, what was going on there was that just like the foolish Galatians that turned from grace back under the law, the Ephesian Jewish believers were not very accepting of Gentile believers. So Paul reminds them, all believers in Jesus compose the body of Christ. Encourage unity among the family of God, the bride of Christ. We all share the same common ground of grace, and we should walk in love toward one another. As for the economy, it was booming until Paul came in and opened his mouth, as it was the center of trade in Rome at the time, mainly because of what I mentioned, the idolatry and, and sexual sins. Ephesus was also known as a stronghold for the occult and the magical arts. Paul had his work cut out for him, and he didn't shy away from it. He invaded Satan's den. There was still much to teach to the Ephesians after salvation. For sanctification takes time. The Ephesians were six years old in Christ, and many were saved out of the occult. But many learned to live victoriously, and so can we. Since this letter was written to the saints at Ephesus and to all the faithful in Christ Jesus from Paul, picture yourself sitting in church listening to someone who just received this letter from Paul that is meant for your ears and mine. Here Paul is trying to remind us all that there are spiritual blessings in Christ that he passionately wants to get out and tell us. I already read his greetings to you, verses 1 and 2, last week. So we'll start in verse 3. I'm reading from the King James Version if you want to open your Bible and read along. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, 
wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that you heard the words of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Phew, that was a mouthful. We just read at the speed of Paul. In the original Greek, verses 3 through 14 were just one complete sentence. Paul had a lot to remind the Ephesians, but the first thing out of his mouth was not a rebuke. It was a reminder of the spiritual blessings that they have in Jesus. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. These blessings that are spiritual in nature are a reminder to the Jewish Ephesians that the blessings are different than the earthly blessings, that which they were expecting from an earthly rule from their Messiah. We are to set up our affections not on things on this earth, but on those things which are above. And we, just like the Ephesians, are to remember that these blessings were chosen before the foundation of the world, before God created the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, that sounds like a very tall order, and it is. We can't do that in the flesh. The only way to do that is through the Holy Spirit that resides within us, so that we should be holy and without blame before him. That be holy is a continual action of being holy. I wish I could speak this quote in the southern accent of J. Vernon McGee, but he says, You are in the heavenlies in Christ, even when you are down in the dumps. Everyone who is in Christ is seated in the heavenlies in him. That is the position which he has given us. Yes, we are in these last days that look like the days of Noah, that look like the life of those in Ephesus. Even though we are in Christ, sometimes we do get down in the dumps. Sometimes we do get depressed. Sometimes we have bad days. And sometimes that goes into even longer and goes into depression. But as we'll see later in this chapter, we need to remember to put that helmet of salvation on so that when the enemy comes at us, comes at our mind, we have the protection of God's word to fight those battles. First Peter 2.9 
is one of those verses that we can use to fight that battle of the enemy that tries to discourage us and put us down in the dumps. But let's focus on God's word. 1 Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, some more peculiar than others, so that we may proclaim the praises of God who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When I'm sharing this in class, I usually use a piece of paper to diagram a few circles that connect in the center, just a small portion of them. Can you picture that? Picture that in your mind right now. You and I, as believers in Jesus, are in both of those circles. One represents the earth, and the other represents the heavenlies. But we, as believers, should be in that center spot that overlaps, because we are, yes, in a physical world, but we are also right now in the heavenlies with Christ. Right now, we only see the physical world around us, but in the ages to come, we will see our spiritual blessings as we are sitting together with Jesus in heaven. God chose us before the foundation of the world, before time began, before the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. God laid the foundations. In the beginning was the Word, and all things were made by Him. We were chosen to be holy. What does that mean? The definition of holy is to be sanctified or set apart. Matthew Henry helps us understand holiness. He says, we must be holy as God is holy. We must imitate him, though we can never equal him. He is perfectly, unchangeably, and eternally holy, and we should aspire after such a state. The consideration of the holiness of God should oblige as to the highest degree of holiness that we can attain to. And the surest rule of a Christian's life, and by the rule we are commanded to be holy in every way, is the written word of God. Here's an example of how we can live this out this week. In 1 Colossians chapter 3, Paul talks about the carnal believer as opposed to a spiritual man. In and of ourselves, in this flesh, we cannot be holy. In obedience, we can walk in and be influenced by the Holy Spirit. He says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it, and even now you're not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? When a baby is born, we don't feed them steak. We give them milk, because that's what they can digest. As they grow up and they get teeth, then we give them little bits of food at a time. And before we know it, they're cutting up their own steak with a real knife and a real fork. The Colossians seemed to still be babes in Christ and didn't understand these things, and Paul still had to feed them milk. But here in Ephesians... Paul is dishing out the stakes. Paul is reminding us that our spiritual blessings are retained in heaven for us, and they're being 
passed out to us on earth in according to our need and our Christian growth. Yes, life is hard. Times are tough. Just open the newspaper or look at the internet reports. No, don't do that. But the problems we have are nothing different than what Ephesus had to deal with. Sin was in the world then, just as it is now. But let me remind you, through God's word, that we are citizens of heaven. And the book of Ephesians talks a lot about heavenly blessings. I remember the old saying that you're too heavenly-minded to be any earthly good. Well, I beg to differ. The more we know about God and his word, the better we will be able to stand in this life and deflect the fiery darts of the enemy. If you enjoy what you're hearing here on the podcast, I invite you to share it with a friend. I also invite you to go to the blog at momentswithmoni.com where you can buy me a coffee or support me through a monthly membership. Just hit the big yellow button on the blog. Thanks again for listening to Moments with Moni.